Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. I want to share with you, I've just been meditating on this. And, and you know, with all the songs that we've been singing, you know, we talk about being awake and alive. I mean, listen, how alive are you? <laughs> well, that was a good one, wasn't it? You know? <laughs> are you breathing? Go on, take a deep breath of air. <sighs> you know? But how alive are you? You know, and I'm not talking about, you know, our physical body and all the rest of it, whether your pulse is the right pulse or whether your blood pressure is the right blood pressure. But I got some great news for you. I nearly missed it. I went to the stroke clinic this week to see the people there with my six monthly checkup. They said to me, Richard, you'll be pleased with this. They said to me, we do not need to see you again. We are discharging you discharging you and he then said and uh, Mrs. Baker he said turn to show he said your husband has made an amazing recovery isn't that good come on give God praise you know and um, but how alive are you you see and and it's one thing you know it's one thing to to shout and to sing here when we're with a company. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But do you shout to the same degree when you're on your own with God? Because that determines how alive you are. See, because if we only do it in certain places, let me tell you, it can be performance orientated. And we have to watch that because with that, we're wanting people to see what we do. But when we're on our own in the presence of Jesus and we can still do it and we're still as wild and we're still as open. Let me tell you, that determines how alive we are. This just determines what we're like in public. And, you know, with all the we go through and all that goes through I hope and I should be really focusing in on this this morning I hope that you have a source of oil that never runs out you see when David I think it was in Ziklag he was camped at Ziklag and they went out and then what happened was a raiding army came down, took everything that he owned. Listen, that meant he had the clothes that he stood up in. He then, they not only took everything that they owned, all their possessions, they took all of their children and also all of their wives. And so the men, warriors, were in incredible um, disarray and just weeping before God and before the king. And it got to a point where they were even thinking 
about stoning David because they thought that David was the cause of their loss. And it's so easy, isn't it, for us to focus on the cause of our loss. And and what happens then is that we can easily then pick up stones to attack the cause. And so they were ready to attack David to kill him. And it says here, but David found strength in the Lord alone. See, have we got to that place? Because that's where fullness is found. Fullness is not found here. This is where the overflow takes place. This is where the the fullness of what we have found in God for whatever situation or circumstance that we go through where loss comes in. I know there's people here today struggling with loss of health. The enemy trying to break in, you see, and he tries to do that because he wants to take things from us. And, and the enemy always tries and, well, say tries. What the enemy does, he always takes it bit by bit, piece by piece. And there's this that goes wrong, and there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And so what happens, we, we become in this constant chain of loss. And so there's people here this morning where the enemy is trying to come in as I... Say to you this morning, listen, you do not have. Now, sometimes we say, I have a stroke. I have cancer. I have a problem with my brain. I know, I know many of you think that anyway. But but see, the thing is, the thing is, we can all say, I have. Now, the thing is, that you don't have. I have depression. No, you don't have depression. It doesn't belong to you. So therefore, it doesn't possess you. You understand? And so what we have to do, we have to find that place in God alone. It doesn't come to, yes, get All the people to pray for you that you can have praying for you. Why? Because prayer counts for something in the heavenly realm. But you see, you still have to find your source of encouragement in God. Am I a bit loud this morning here? Okay. (laughs) I have to find my encouragement, that is my strength, in God, to be encouraged, to be in, in that place where even though I become discouraged, I become encouraged because I find a place. And so when it is that these things come upon our lives, the enemy brings cancer to oppress us. It doesn't belong to you. You don't have it, but the enemy puts it on you. And if he puts it on you, let me tell you, Jesus can take it off you. Hallelujah. See, that's the God that we believe in. And so for us this morning, I want us to come. And how do we keep ourselves full of the Holy Spirit? 
And you can say, but Trevor, we have all these conferences. We have the conferences. Let the river flow. Yes, they are great. Let the river flow in deliverance. Let me tell you, January, I believe God is going to give us a kickstart. That means he's going to boot us right into the next year. (laughs) And we're going to get ahead of the game. Well, it's not a game ahead of life. Because we don't play games with life, do we? It's a saying. And so for us today... I want us to move to a place where we realize that we are full and where that fullness comes from. And and as we allow that, something begins to happen. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read from the first verse. I'm going to read the story to you. It is a parable that Jesus spoke. And these are the... These are the end parables. He spoke parables at the beginning of his ministry. And he talked there about the kingdom of heaven is like a sower who went out to sow. And he talks there. And if you read those parables, it's all about, it's all about sowing. It's about catching fish. It's about lighting a lamp and not putting it under a bushel. It's about a pearl of great price. All of these things open up to us this sense of what Jesus is going to bring to us and what the kingdom of God does in our lives. And so you get into that and then he comes to the end of his life and he's telling stories again. Let me tell you, Jesus was the best storyteller. And you know what? The ones who tell the best stories always win the argument. Did you know that? Let me tell you a story. And that is of a debate that went on in Bangor University some years ago now. And they had a leading um, atheist. They also had Billy Graham. And they had an old lady who was sat in this panel. Just a Ordinary person, the old lady did not have any qualifications. She wasn't a preacher. She was just an ordinary person that they had chosen. And so they were having this great big debate on the existence of God. And so Billy Graham had opened up on his side of it, the existence of God and the evidence for the Lord Jesus Christ. All of them, the agnostic, the um, atheist had said, no, God doesn't exist. He's not there. This is all figments of people's imaginations. And then they come to the old lady and they asked her what she thought about the existence of God. And she just turned and she said, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. I am weak, but he is strong. And, they say, and that's all she said. And with that, she just sat down. Well, I don't know whether she stood up, but she just then finished her conversation. And, um, and they took the vote as to the existence of God. And the vote went in favor of the existence of God. And when they asked people... Why they voted, they always going to say, well, Billy Graham, he gave a great exposition on the presence of Jesus. You know what they said? The lady who spoke last spoke like she had an experience of Jesus. Can you see? 
That's what I want you to have, is an experience of Jesus. And here Jesus is telling these parables. At the end of his ministry, it is not going to be long before he is taken up into the heavenly realms. And so now he comes with these parables. And so now you've got there, and in chapter 25, it says these words... At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps and the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they became drowsy and fell asleep in the ESV it says and the bridegroom was delayed we've had that word this morning delay no more delay mark that down and so it says and at midnight the cry rang out Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, that's all ten of them, and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wives, give us some of your oil. Our lamps have gone out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and for you. Instead, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was closed. Later the others came along. Sir, sir, they replied, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. See, the key to this parable is the last sentence. Keep watch. See, and what are we keeping watch for? Because I want to talk to you this morning about a divine encounter filled for an encounter. Do you remember the last few weeks ago I was speaking about John the Baptist? John is this wonderful person who is looking for John. John's lamp was always filled with oil. It says of John, let me just get it for you. It says of John in chapter 5 verse 35, it says, He was a burning, shining lamp don't you like that John was a burning shining lamp John knew how to encourage himself in the Lord John knew that whatever was he was going through and listen he didn't have good press reports but he did have a good report in the heavenly realm and so here it says and John was a lamp a burning, shining lamp that burned for a time. And you were willing to rejoice 
for a while in his light. And so John lit the way. And so here John was one who was full of the Holy Spirit. And and in that fullness, he always anticipated He always had an expectation. I wonder this morning whether you got up and you had an anticipation about what God might do in your life. Not what he was going to do in the meeting. Because sometimes we have an anticipation of what he's going to do in the meeting. And that can take us outside. And we say, well, that's the meeting. But nothing happened to me. What I want you to know this morning is what did you anticipate? That's what I meant when I said to you how much alive are how alive are you and you think Trevor I only got up a few a few moments ago to get ready for church I mean how on earth do you expect me to go through all these things of anticipating you know a divine encounter at church you know I mean it was enough to just get my toast out of the toaster before it burned that's reality isn't it to make sure that the kids in the back of the car didn't shout and scream too much so I didn't have to holler at them, you know? And so here you start talking about a divine encounter. Well, how much do you anticipate? Because John, he always anticipated. It's really hot in here. And uh, John always anticipated encounter. And, And in that, do you remember I spoke about this? You know, the Old Testament... In the Old Testament, it was a preparation of promise. And so in the Old Testament, it spoke about John. Behold, a voice crying out in the wilderness, a lamp shining in the wilderness, say, prepare the way of the Lord. Follow me as I am following after this person who's coming after me, who was before me. Because I know that he is the one. And so this one day, John was walking around. See, this is divine encounter. And it didn't, it wasn't announced that day that John, as you walk down the road, you're going to see one as you look at the person coming down the road. It's going to look like a lamb. And you see, you know where I'm going with this now, don't you? And so what happened was this. John sees Jesus. Now he'd seen Jesus probably many times in his life. They were cousins. And so John sees Jesus coming to him. But that day, something had changed. The kingdom of heaven is like this. It says, at that Time. See, there's always a time. There is a time and a season for all things. See, whatever you're going through, there is a time and a season. Now listen, what I mean by this, I do not believe that God created a stroke for me to go through back in March. I don't believe that at all. But I know that I was oppressed by a stroke. It happened. It was a reality. It's no good me trying to say that it didn't happen. It's no good trying, me trying to say in denial. Well, I don't believe in having strokes. I had a stroke. See, the thing is this. Faith allows you to face the facts. Whatever you're going through. 
you've lost house, home, family, whatever you're going through, faith allows you to face the facts. And sometimes we don't want to face the facts because of our unbelief. Are you with me? And that is, we don't believe that a God would allow those things to happen to us. Well, time and chance happens to everyone. That's what Proverbs says. And so we have to just get real because God wants us in the reality of the time and chance. And the time came and the kingdom of heaven is like this. At that time. And so here, John the Baptist, he is baptizing people. Now, he had a certain inkling. We could call that inkling anticipation. We could call that inkling an expectation. But he'd been baptizing people for probably years. And everyone was baptized. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing, and the next one, nothing happens. And then the whole of that region goes out to be baptized. And he says, you brood of vipers. I mean, not the type, not the type of message to get, you know, followers, is it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you whitewashed sepulchres. That is basically you gravestones. I mean, listen, it's not going to get your headlines in the paper. It's not going to have a neon light over your center where you um, minister, you know? And it would turn the lights off <laughs> very quick. And so he's about, see, you could think, is this ever going to happen? Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I just heard stuff that wasn't really a reality. And listen, later on, John gets to that point. So don't think you can't get to that point even when you're full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, shining like a bright lamp, burning, all of those things. And he gets to the point where he sends disciples to Jesus. Listen, this is just reality check this morning. And he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask him, are you the one or should we look for someone else? Wow. But John, you baptized them. You saw the heavens open. You saw the Spirit of God come upon him. And now here you are. You're in prison. Oh, I thought everything was supposed to go well. When we got full of God, when we were a bright, shining, burning lamp, I thought, well, it's going to burn up everything. Well, sometimes it actually burns us up and consumes us. And in the midst of all of that, he sends his disciples to Jesus and he says, are you the one or should we look for another? Jesus has this wonderful way of not answering the question directly. And he says, look, Go and tell John what you see and what you hear. And so when they went back and told John what they saw and what they heard, we don't hear anything more said about John apart from he lost his head. But something must have happened for him to face 
the ultimate price of his commitment to Jesus Christ, where he was beheaded for his faith. Can you see? That's John. But this day, divine encounter, full, knowing what it was to be in a wilderness, then come out baptizing, nothing happening. It could have been for years. Then one day, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Jesus comes, and John looks at Jesus that day, and he says these words, Behold, the Lamb of God. What was he saying to us? I'm encountering God today in a way that I have never encountered him before this isn't Jesus my cousin this isn't Jesus who lives in another village this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world and the one who sent me to baptize said to me the one on whom you see the spirit descend and remain upon you heard me say the last time i spoke the old testament was was all about preparation and promise it promised something it promised it in part but the holy spirit came upon people for a ministry and for a time and then it was gone so david could cry out don't take your holy spirit from me when he'd sinned because that's what he'd seen of saul holy spirit was lifted from him but you see we're not in that time now and so for for John, the one on whom you see the Spirit come upon and remain, a new order is being set in place. This is encounter. This is what happens when you encounter God in that place of fullness. You see things differently. The sky looks a blue like you've never known. The, the leaves of the trees look like a green that you've never saw before. Something takes place. And so here he sees this taking place. And he says, the one on whom you see the spirit descend and remain. He it is. He it is. Who is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And John gets to experience what that was like because he was a burning, shining lamp that people longed to walk in the radiance. Let me ask you, does anyone like walking in the radiance of your life? I'm not talking about your shadow. I'm talking about walk in the radiance of your light. Because I believe that is what happens when we encounter God. When we come to a place where it isn't just the, the Jesus that we've seen before. It isn't just the Jesus who has been in his hometown. 
Now he has a divine encounter. And that divine encounter brought to him a revelation of Jesus that he'd never seen before. Wow. And he was bright-eyed, I believe, and bushy-tailed that day. See, divine encounter filled for an encounter, anticipated but also expected. You know, I, I just read up expectation. Expectation means a degree of probability. Did you have a degree of probability this morning? It's probably going to happen that God is going to show up for me today. Did you have that? Huh? See, John had an expectation. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, what I don't want you to get from this message today is that you've got to get out and you've got to go through all of the spiritual disciplines. There is nothing wrong in disciplines. There is nothing wrong in praying for yourself. There is nothing wrong in reading the Bible. There is nothing wrong in putting on worship. I don't know whether we see it. No, going on your smartphone and putting on Spotify. As uh, I am getting up there. Though I, this week I did go back to using my Filofax. Do you remember those? That's me. I went back to paper. Sharon says, did you look at your diary last week? Not today. Did you look at your diary last week? I said, no, I didn't. She said, well, how will you know what's coming up if you don't? I said, I never really use my computer for that. I use my computer for... Olive tree. Now, some of you are thinking, what on earth is he on about? Yes, I have a tree that grows out of my computer. It's called olive tree. Oil comes from it. No. Olive tree is a Bible app. Okay? And that's the majority of the time I use it. Or I use it for Kindle because that's where I have a lot of books. But I've even stopped buying books on Kindle because I want paper again. I want to flip the pages. You know? If you, if you were to come in, you can, you can smell. I've got an encounter in here. If you look at the part of my Bible in one part, I was in India. When I woke up in the morning, somebody had poured oil all over my Bible. And uh, it wasn't Sharon because she wasn't there. And, uh, and you can smell the oil on my Bible. And just an encounter with God. And so I've gone back to, you know... People have asked me, what do you want for Christmas? Buy me a book. Paper. You know? And so I can smell it, feel it, flick the pages, underline it. I don't have to go to click there, click that, do that, do this, that, do the other, and then it all goes wrong. You know? I know for some of you, you're far more savvy than me. So I've gone back to Filofax, writing things down of encounter with God. See, having an expectation. See the degree of probability. How much did you expect God to speak to you this morning? How much? Or did you just get up, quickly get to church? And I'm thankful that you've come. Um, but how much did you expect? Was it, was it just to get 
to church. Because let me tell you, coming to church doesn't inoculate you, okay, for the coming week. Okay. You will still meet things. What I want to do is open your eyes to see that you might meet Jesus, that you might encounter him. And so here, an encounter is with someone, and it is a meeting of people, two people or a group of people who come together. We can have all different types of encounter. There is, I'm talking about a divine encounter. For those of you here who are married, do you remember that romantic encounter? Men, husbands, let me ask you, do you still remember that romantic encounter? Or is it something that is way back there that has no relevance to where you are now? That's a tragedy if it is. Sometimes we need to awaken, and I'll come to that in a little while. And so here for you today, see that romantic encounter. Also, other types of encounter, divine, and then there's chance encounters. You know, I can remember some years ago we were out in South Africa <clears throat> and um, we'd gone to Kruger National Park. Somebody had treated us to go there for a couple of days and so we were driving out. We went on a, a um, I think it was three um, safari drives. Now, you know, I thought we were going to go in the bush and there was going to be somebody who's with a stick in their hand, driving out all the animals, you know, so they come out of the bush. But a safari driver, you jump into a jeep and they drive you round. And, uh, and you get to see, we got to see four of the five um, uh, animals, the, the, the giant five that they talk about. But the one that really um, was unexpected and yet, we got up early that morning. We were up at 5 o'clock in the morning. That is dressed and ready to go, packed and ready to jump in because we were moving on from the place where we were. And so there was this sense of expectation. And so we were driving nothing. I mean, we were looking out for everything. The sun was just right. We were driving, looking nothing, 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 nothing. And then our guide says to us, let's slow down here. Can you see the hyenas? And uh, I couldn't see any hyenas. I'm thinking, this guy is just trying to get us to see something just so he can say he's shown us something on the drive, you know. And, uh, and he said, no, no. He says, look over there. And then we looked, and probably to the um, back of the chairs here, there they were eating an impala. Now, for those of you who don't like gory things, put your hands over your ears because you could actually hear these hyenas crunching the bones. You could hear it. And, and they were just loading themselves up. They were being filled with little baby impala. You know? And one of them had an impala's leg sticking out. You know? <laughs> And, uh, and he just crunched that thing up. 
But you see, we hadn't. We had an expectation. There was a probability that we might see it. But when we saw it, it was beyond anything that we'd ever imagined. I could not believe the amount of noise that they could make crunching bones. I could not imagine just the noise that they began to, began to make when there was only one or two bones left and they were making such a noise in order to get it. And so here it just appeared out. We'd been looking for it, but we hadn't seen anything. See, and that's like John was. He'd been looking for it, but he hadn't seen it. And yet one day, he sees it. Shh. Wait. Look. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. John, from that point, it's after that that John says, he must increase, I must decrease. See, that whole revelation, that encounter changed everything. Sharon said that this morning. There was this divine exchange, and the exchange was he moved from being the top of the tree to the bottom so that he could lift up this one who was before him, but now he's the one whose shoes he must kneel down. Now, I can't even tie up his shoe level laces. He is so attractive. There is something about it. Do we have an encounter like that? Because I believe that God wants us to move into those types of encounter. An encounter with someone. Listen, it can be a chance encounter, but we must be ready. Can you see? You must be ready. John was ready. How do we ready? Well, it's not. It's not about the amount of time that you do this. And I hear all of these programs of how, how to get into the presence of God. Let me tell you, to get into the presence of God, you can either kneel down, ask God to come and meet with you as you just wait in his presence. You can sit in a comfortable seat. But don't make it too comfortable that you fall asleep. Um, but it's just that you're going to give time for God to come. That's all to do. Just give him time. And if you give him time, he will come. And if the giving of time means that you put on music, fine, put on music. But give him Time, Because you know what I found? I found this, that at times we don't want to go into that secret place. We could call it, if you want, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. They were all together in the upper room. But you know where we spend most of our time? In the supper room. That is just filling our appetites in the natural and in the emotional. But we never give time to go into the upper room where those superior appetites, that is the fullness of the spirit, is found. And so what happens that we, we live our lives on a plane that's here 
And so when others get encounters, we wonder why it's not happening to us. God will meet with you. He says, I will meet with them. And we have to believe that. And so this morning, I want you to get hold of that. See, we must be ready. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. That is the importance of this parable. Keep yourself ready. You must be ready. How do you do it? Well, let me give you an answer to that. In the way that you choose to get yourself ready. Don't listen to somebody else's story. You can use that to help you to identify how you Prepare to be ready. But you find your way. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He found his own place of encouragement. He found his own source of life. And when he had found that place, he came out and he said, Okay, guys, we're going down and we're going to get back everything that the enemy has taken from us. If it is sickness, we're going to take, we're going to, if it's um, our health that he's taken, we're going to go down, we're going to get back our health. If it is our finance, we're going to go down and we're going to get back our finance. Whatever the enemy has stolen off us, listen, it could be your mistakes, but listen, don't allow your mistakes to always keep you in a place where you feel that the enemy has won. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. And that isn't words just of fine sounding and, you know, isn't it good we're supposed to be the head and not the tail? It's the reality. And so forth. We must be ready. Stay dressed. How do you dress your spirit? How do you dress your spirit? Listen, if you want some help, go to Song of Solomon chapter 5. And when you go to Song of Solomon chapter 5, she is there and she is asleep. But her heart is awake and she hears a knock at the door. So she's in, in that twilight zone, half asleep, half awake. A bit like us this morning. And with that, she hears a knock at the door. And she says to herself, listen, how can I get up. I have already washed my feet. I put on my robes. Let me tell you, all your preparations, you can look at it in the natural and what has to happen, we have to exchange that for the spirit. And listen, I preached on it sometimes about how you can spiritualize those activities, washing our feet, putting on robes, but let me tell you this, don't allow your preparation to be the key for encounter. It's his voice and his sound that is the key to encounter. And only that. And so that is you get to hear and to know his voice. And so for us this morning, 
the anticipated encounter. What was the anticipated um, encounter? Anticipated, it means to foresee. You've already foreseen it. You've already had that inkling. There's a foreseeing to act in advance. And what were they doing? How did they act in advance? They took oil in a jar as well as in the lamp. They took excess. For when there was the time of limitation. See, have you always got a supply of excess even while you're burning? Even while the lamp in you is alive. See, that's what these, this is why they were wise. You know what it says in Proverbs? In Proverbs 21, verse 20, it says, Precious treasure and oil are in the house of the wise. See, wise people just have an excess of oil. A wise believer just has an excess of Holy Spirit. That is, they have enough for their lamp. And also, they have enough for continuous burning. And sometimes we can give what we have to others and it was never meant for them, it was meant for us. And so you never give away what God has given to you. That's what Jesus is saying here. This is what it means to, to always be ready. See, there is a point where we all have to carry our own kit bags. We all have to carry our own supply. Nobody else can carry it for you. And even if they try, you still have to go and get it for yourself. That's what this parable is all about. It means to realize beforehand or to have a foretaste. Here, the Holy Spirit, when you're full, will give you a foretaste. You get to taste it before you actually see the reality of it. And so for us, we have an expectation, so we look forward to something happening. Is that how you are each day in your own devotion times? When I say devotion, just that time when you just say, Lord, I'm just giving this to you. I'm just giving this time to you. I'm just going to sit down, I'm going to read, and I'm going to ask you to come. And the encounter will determine how long you stay there. Do you understand? You can spend all day, all week, you can fast until there's nothing left of you. And then God just says, okay, now um, I want you to start all over again. Now after you've done... After you've done a 40-day fast where you're looking like a beanpole, everybody thinks you've got cancer. <laughs> and you just get through that and then God says to you, okay, that was your fast, now I want you to do it for me. And to start today. Let me tell you, something changes. 
Because you have to ask the question, did you really hear God? See, that's encounter. Because if you really hear God, he covers everything. See, that is what I'm talking about this morning. I want every one of you to encounter Jesus again. It's like ten virgins. Those who have not given themselves to anyone else, but they're waiting for the bride, the bridegroom. And so here, having that expect or anticipation. Do you anticipate? You see, if you anticipate, the thing is this, he will come. And if you anticipate, you'll have oil. You'll be full of the Holy Spirit. It is so simple. I talked the other week when I was here, I will give you a new heart. Don't ever try and transform and remodel your own heart. God says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll take the stony one out, I'll put a new one in. And I will give you a new spirit. See, where God gives us a new spirit, he, he puts something in us. And then it says, and I will come and dwell in that new spirit. So it's making sure that we allow him to fully dwell in our lives. It couldn't be easier, could it? And so here is we get, it's so easy to get into works. And, and listen, do pray, do read your Bible, do go through all of those disciplines, do give all of those things. It's just good to do that, but they are disciplines. But the one thing that we want is a place where we are wholeheartedly devoted to him. And let me tell you, only his presence can produce that. Amen. Nothing else can. If you allow other things to produce it, let me tell you, it will create in you a religious heart. That you think that that's the only way God can come. And so when God just meets with somebody without going through anything, and you believe it comes in, meets with God, has a revelation about God, is what happens there? Well, how can that be true? He hasn't had the same journey as I've had. And so what happens is we become critical of others. That's what a religious spirit will do. And so for us this morning, do you have an anticipation for the encounter? He will come. And he will come because we have oil. Hallelujah. Meeting the bridegroom, Jesus. How do you prepare to meet him? How do we expect to meet him? See, John would have known that there was one coming who was going to be the Lamb of God because it had been revealed to him, but he'd never seen it. And so for you, how do you prepare for that encounter? See, we can have diminished expectations. See, John, his expectation could have been diminished. All these people, he's baptizing nothing, 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 nothing. Then one day, something changed. And at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 
at that time. I believe that God wants you to come to a new place of timing. A new place where he no longer delays. There will be no more delay. God wants to step in. If you read that passage in um, Revelation chapter 10, I quickly turned to it when that word was given. And it talks about he opened a little scroll. This wasn't the full revelation. See, I believe that God wants to open little scrolls. Little scrolls of destiny, little scrolls of purpose. And in that, you're going to taste it. It's going to be sweet to your taste. And with that, there's going to be no more delay because God is going to speak to peoples, languages. He's going to speak to um, different people groups. and He's going to speak to kings. It's all in there. But you see, we need the little scrolls. And sometimes we're wanting the whole panorama. And God says, no, I will give you a little scroll. And the little scroll will be enough for all that I have for you to do. For this moment of at that time and so we still want to move in these revelatory realms you see it's not just about a river flowing it's not just about getting into the flow but the flow must take us somewhere and where it's going to take us is his presence because in his presence is fullness and that fullness has joy woven into it how much joy have you got in your life? I mean, if you were to be around me and Sharon at the moment, I mean, we are having an hilarious time. You know, just things that just make us just ecstatically joyful, you know? And that can happen when we're in a hotel, uh, a hotel um, restaurant, when we're with friends, whether we're on our own. But there's a sense of, and do you know what? We just asked God to fill us with his joy about three weeks ago. See, that's all we did. We didn't spend all the time. We just asked him to fill us. And the thing is this, God does it. So that we come in, in that sense of joyfulness with God. And so whatever we're going through, that there is a joy that we carry with us. And so for us here, see limitation, the inability to fully realize what we're expecting. And the thing is this, with limitation, is the longer you wait, the less important it becomes. See, also, the longer you wait for something, the colder that it becomes. You could say for John, John, the longer you're waiting, the smaller the burning and the less light you're radiating. But John would have none of it. John was a lamp that burned for a time. At that time. See, what's your time? What's your time to burn? Whatever you're going through, are you burning? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to light up your life? Or are you allowing situations and circumstances to light up your life? Listen, if you're allowing depression to light up your life, let me tell you, it won't light it up. It will cause a cloud to be all around you. If you're allowing cancer to light up your life, what will happen is it will cause you to become downhearted and downspirited. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to light up, 
There is something that will begin to rise up in you. And as it rises up in you, it will begin to lighten your darkness. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have hid your word in my heart so that I would not sin against you. That I won't look for lesser things. I will constantly look for the superior pleasures of your presences Mike Bickle would say if he were here this morning but how superior are the pleasures that you're looking for or is it just for a new this a new that if I could get one of those what about if you had a fresh encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ see that's what God wants for us and so here filled with encounter that's what God wants us It says in Ephesians, be filled, be being filled. It also says in Luke where Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that word there is the area, it's a a tense that we don't have in that well explained in our English. So what we have is we just say the word filled. But what it means is this, the air is tense and it's the present. So it means to be filled, to overflowing in fullness now, but to continually be filled. So there's an initial whoosh, and then there is all these other whoosh, whoosh, whoosh so that we are continually being filled. So once, but then it's a continual action. See, that's how God wants you to be filled. Why? Because I believe he wants you to have a continual encounter with him. For whatever we're going through, whatever situation, whether it is that we're setting about doing something new, and in that newness, where we're seeing God, wanting God to cause something to rise up from the ground, causing something that's never been there to rise up again, whether it is that there is something that we're wanting to pioneer, so it breaks through, we go somewhere that nobody else has gone before, and what happens? God says, okay, fullness that's what you need because you need an encounter and a revelation for that see what about in your place of work see some of you have come to a dead end in your work but God doesn't want it to be a dead end he wants it to be a new beginning without moving on see so often we're wanting to move on and God says no I want you there but I want you to encounter me in that place and it will change everything See, that's what I'm talking about this morning. That is getting into the river of God's delights. That is getting into the river of flow. And so then we're able to express everything that God releases and pours into our lives. So preparation. I found this as I was preparing. And that is, if you were interested in welcoming Winnie the Pooh to your house, what would you need? Honey and marmalade sandwiches. If you wanted butterflies to come into your garden, what would you do? You would have flowers that were in bloom, wouldn't you? See, if you were to welcome a lion into your garden, this is for the men, okay, what would you need? You would need a carcass of something that would attract it. And so here, what do we need to attract his presence? Let me tell you. A watchful heart. Isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? Watch 
That's all we need. That we're looking out for him. See, what is it? We make it so complicated. And, and what happens is we then think that spending time in prayer is too much for us. Whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, or whatever. Sometimes we just have to get into that cycle of life where I am a spiritual being. Everything about me is spiritual. And there are times when I just want to take time and breathe in his presence. Breathe in the fresh air of the Holy Spirit. And I say this with even me and Sharon. We have lived our lives together. That is, we have worked together. We have lived, slept, driven in cars together, holidayed together, been on mission trips together. One you can think, God, don't you ever get fed up? Argued together. And yet, we're still together. I still know that she is attracted to me and I to her. How do I know that? Because she tells me. How does she know? Because I tell her. See, a romantic encounter. And it doesn't have to be all lovey-dovey. Sometimes Sharon likes to hear these words every day. She just says, I just like to hear you say them. I love you. So, what do I do every day? I think I do it pretty much every day. And if I've missed a day, I say double or treble or quadruple the next day. (laughs) Sean will tell you that's true too. But you see, what I'm saying is this. It's not that I always have to be sitting next to her, holding her hand, to know that she is there. See, sometimes that's how we look at Jesus. We've always got to be in his presence. And yet I know when I'm in the house, whether I'm in my study reading or whether I'm watching a good game of rugby like yesterday, England lost, but it was a good game of rugby, that I know that she is still there. And there's a moment where we just connect. And that's enough. Because it brings us into that place of intimacy. And intimacy isn't about what happens in the bedroom. Intimacy is that you're in a place of union. So whether you are in the kitchen, cooking a great meal, or putting a pizza in the oven that we bought... Or whether I am in the lounge watching the um, rugby. Can you see? We're still together. And we're still communicating. Or whether it is that I've, just so that you know, Sharon's not always the one in the kitchen. We share everything. Sharon puts out the bins as well as I do. I cook a meal as well as Sharon does, all of those things. But listen, when somebody can do something ten times better than you, why try? (laughs) Why try? Why try and do it? And when somebody... I mean, the thing is this. Sharon's love language is serving. Mine is being waited on. (laughs) 
So we make an ideal couple. No. That was a joke, okay? Some of you are looking at me. Some of you ladies, you're looking at me. And what I have to really watch, and we talk about this, what I have to watch is that I don't allow Sharon's love language to become subservient to my needs. Do you know what I mean? So this morning, I needed something ironed. So I went down and ironed my own top. There's not a crease in it, is there? <laughs> what I'm talking about is normal life encounters so that when we are together we're together and God can break in at any time so that it isn't just a performance in public but there is something far beyond that that goes on in private and so for us today see how do we prepare well if I were to say of anything today that you could go away from here, God says without holiness, it's impossible to see him. So how are you going to become holy? Huh? How are you going to become holy? He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But it says in Hebrews, and I'm coming to a close, it says in Hebrews, it says there, without holiness, no one will see God. How do you become holy? How can the, the unholy become holy? Huh? Impossible. See, the Bible says that he will fill us with the Holy Spirit. At Antioch, they were first called Christians, saints. Saints are holy people. How do they become holy? It's because God puts his spirit in us. It's not you trying to do it. It's not you fasting, praying, reading your Bible, all of those things. And listen, don't take that as me saying don't do it. I'm not saying that. But God puts his Holy Spirit in in us it's imparted you can't do it so why don't you just stop trying to do it and allow God to come and fill you just take a moment each day and just say Holy Spirit would you fill me today fill me to overflow I want my lamp to be burning but I also want my jar to be full. And do you know what he would do? He will fill it for you. Go to the one who's selling. Come buy from me. You who have no money, come buy without price. See, you can't buy this Holy Spirit, but you can go and say, Lord, I need it and I've got nothing to purchase it with. And he loves that. And he says, okay, let me just fill you. This is a gift that I'm giving to you. And we're filled. And then we have an encounter. God reveals something to us that we've never seen before. 
God speaks to us like he's never spoken to us before. And we just know that he's there. Why don't you stand? I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. You know, we're, we're great here. And I would love, I had it in my heart to ask people to come forward to receive. But I just feel this morning that you need to present yourself. Not come to me to present yourself to the Lord. To ask the Lord to come and to fill you. Watch and be ready. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. Stay dressed. That is, put on the righteousness of Jesus. Stay dressed and be ready. What's the action? Encounter. That's all. Lift up your hands this morning. Just like your life was a vessel. And Father, I ask this morning that you would come. That you would fill us with the precious Holy Spirit for encountering you. Lord, we tell you this morning, go on, tell this, the Lord this morning that you love him. Just say, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I want to encounter you, Lord Jesus, in the ordinary and in the extraordinary. I want to encounter you in my daily life so that I may have a deeper love for you. And so would you fill my heart today, Lord, to overflowing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.